0: Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective, while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face come experience your life in purple and now here's your host the life coach with the most laura sprague hello lip talk nation welcome to life in purple I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. I want to give a huge shout out to those who have already responded to our previous episodes, letting us know that life in purple is making a difference in their lives. We have hit another milestone. I want to give another shout out. We have over 6,000 plays, and we aren't even five months old. On our most recent episodes, we've had world-renowned Thought leader, author, and speaker, business coach, and UK's number one personal development blogger, Stephen Aitchison, who teaches us how positive affirmations affect our belief system. And also, one of my own episodes on how to increase your self worth. So, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our previous episodes, you're missing out on some really valuable tips and action steps that you can make to stop the negative talk. If you have gleaned any value from our amazing guest so far, visit LipTalkNation.com and there you'll find more resources such as our coaching blog and much, much more. On our show today, we have innovator, entrepreneur, and best-selling author of A White Hat and Rose-Colored Glasses. Susan Sherbert loves helping grown-ups remove block and limiting beliefs by encouraging people to embrace the power of childlike thinking. She has also written another book called Grown-Ups Don't Skip. Susan believes that when you bring back your imagination, creativity, and fearless way of thinking, then your stubborn resistance and fears melt away, making room for dreams, passion, and success. Welcome to the show, Susan. How are you today? Hello, good morning. I'm great. Good morning. I really uh, thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, To visit us at Lip Talk Nation, we cannot wait to learn from you. But before we get into all the questions, I would love for you to tell us where you're from and how you got your start, Susan. I'm in Costa Mesa, California, and the story I always
1: like to tell is that my mother moved to Montana, my father moved to Scotland, my brother moved to Romania, and I bought a house one block from where I was born. And being in sunny Southern California, people always ask, you know, don't you travel or go a lot of places? And I says, when you're in California, everybody comes to you. So I kind of have always had that party house of entertaining people. In fact, I even had to get an annual pass to Disneyland because I was taking people to Disneyland so frequently. So I kind of think that's where some of my um, thoughts come from is just that always trying to entertain people and have them have fun and joy and find fun things for them to do.
0: It certainly sounds like you're a very energetic person, Susan. I really love that you say people come to you, so you don't really have to travel. And then you wanted to get a Disney pass so that you could take people there. That was really awesome and exciting. And I'm sure that you learned a lot from all the people that came to visit you. So I really want to dive into your book, A White Hat and Rose-Colored Glasses. Will you describe your book? I heard you had a great story that explains your message.
1: Yeah, the book, I actually have two books. And so in the first book, which is the Grown Ups Don't Skip, that started out as a book about grown ups having fun and the whole concept of learning to think like a child. But as I was progressing with that first book, what I realized is there's So much power in the energy of learning to think like a child that it just had to emerge into the second book, which is the White Hat and Rose Colored Glasses, which is about taking that childlike thinking power and embracing it for success and change and much more of a kind of a business uh, success oriented. So the first one's about fun and the second one's about success, but they both revolve around the power of childlike thinking. I have a signature story that I always tell and it just very much describes what I mean by childlike thinking. So if, I don't know if you remember the Harry, movie Harry Potter, they had jelly beans. They were every flavor jelly beans. And so what happens is people produce things and I happened to one day find a box of these Harry Potter jelly beans. And I happened to have a group of adults sitting around my table. I think it was Thanksgiving. And I always like to find fun things for them to do. So I took this box of every flavor jelly beans. And I was putting them in a bowl. And they are every flavor. I mean, they mean every flavor. Dirt, grass, sardines, everything. So I'm putting these jelly beans in a bowl. And I couldn't tell the difference between the speckles on the tutti frutti and the speckles on the vomit. But anyway, so I put all the jelly beans in the bowl. Now, if I were to hand that bowl to a little four-year-old, because I use four-year-old as sort of the ideal childlike thinking age. If I handed the bowl of jelly beans to a little four-year-old, they'd be excited to take one. They'd be, yay, I want a jelly bean. If they get the tutti-frutti, awesome, fantastic. Even if they get the vomit, oh, yeah, look at this, I won the gross prize. They're just excited and full of life and wonder, and, and they'll take whatever kind of life brings them, and they embrace it. But if I hand that bowl of jelly beans to these adults sitting at my table, they don't even want to play. They resist just the fact there's one bad jelly bean in the jar. They don't want to participate. That fear and the apprehension of getting the one bad one spoils the whole entire lot. So the whole point of the childlike thinking is when life hands you that flavorful bowl of opportunities, do you react like the excited little child Or do you act like the fearful adult we've grown up to become? And in my book, I have a list that sort of compares the kids' world to the adult world. And I'll read a few of these, and then you'll sort of understand where we're going with the whole childlike thinking concept. In a kid's world, it's full of imagination. The adult's world is full of reality. Kids see unlimited potential. Adults, they see the limitations. Kids are curious. Adults become overwhelmed. Kids enjoy the process. Adults focus on results. Kids are fearless. Adults are fearful. Kids are blind to faults. Adults focus on the faults. Kids are carefree. Adults are responsible. And that's just sort of... kind of an amazing list because when you think about it we were all kids once we were all on that side and somehow as we grow up we transition into the other side and so wouldn't it be nice if we could all get back to that excited childlike way of of thinking that's what my two books are about is transitioning into that the mindset of a child
0: Wouldn't it be nice, Susan? I really love how you painted a picture for us, especially uh, specifically childlike thinking, which is fearless or an adult like thinking, which is fearful. And I am grabbing a hold of this specifically because I have a four year old right now. And so I know many of the listeners out there are resonating with you specifically about their child because many of them have children this age, four years old. And so I want to know, Susan, what is the most common fear that holds us back for success?
1: You know, actually, I think there's probably three. There's the fear of failure. And I used to think that was kind of my top one. So you got the fear of failure, of course, because as adults, we're always afraid to fail. And in my book, I go into kind of explaining some of where that comes from. Afraid of what other people think. That's huge. And I'm more and more, I'm realizing it's the fear of change. And these fears didn't exist. This and little kids, if you look at your children, you will see that. They don't have a lot of these fears that we as adults just acquire along the way. We just develop all these fears, we focus on the negativity.
0: Well, you are exactly right, Susan, on that fear of failure, fear of other people's thoughts and fear of change. You know what? My four-year-old, he is fearless. So I am like, oh my goodness, you are so spot on. Lip Talk Nation, how many of you have four-year-olds out there and they are fearless? I want you to grab a hold onto this next thought that Susan is going to be teaching us because she has a lot of value to offer us. So Susan, what are your thoughts about change or the resistance to new things? You know, talk about fear of change. You need to, to keep growing and
1: build and not get stuck in that comfortable rut. I was taking some golf lessons, and the golf instructor made me change my grip. And I looked at him and I said, That just feels funny. And that became a whole blog because change feels funny. And as adults, if we're awkward and uncomfortable, we resist it because we don't like that awkward. Yes. uh, The awkward feeling. Eventually, you get used to it and you have to go through it. And so once you kind of get through it and you get comfortable and you gain some of that muscle memory that you talk about. Yes. It doesn't feel so funny anymore. But anytime you change anything, it feels funny.
0: Susan I have to stop you right here for lip talk nation lip talk nation she mentioned at the beginning of this answer you've got to keep growing how many of you out there feel like that you just have to keep learn 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 and you've got too much in your mind and so that makes you shut down I love how you pointed out Susan that you have to be aware of the resistance lip talk nation are you aware of how you're resisting change so what are your thoughts on how to have courage in, in
1: the second book, The White Hat and Rose colored Glasses, it talks about clarity and action. So the first part is the awareness, which is the clarity. Once you find your clarity. So I had to be aware that I was resisting, you know, so that's that awareness. But the real courage comes from taking the action. One of the reasons we resist so many things is because we don't know how it's going to come. We don't know the results. So it's stepping into that unknown and having the courage to say, I'm going to face it. The results can be good. The results can be bad. I'm going to face it. So first thing you need is your awareness. What's resistance? What's the fear? Okay, I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of all these outcomes. And then the second is to take action. And it doesn't have to be a big action. It just has to be A teeny, teeny, tiny, small action. Because it goes back to that fear of change where we get comfortable. You get comfortable in your shrugging. I got comfortable with my old golf swing. So when it gets awkward and weird, I want to go back to that old golf swing. Or I want to go back to the old way of doing things. Just sort of that resistance. And the courage is just taking small, small actions to break that resistance, to allow yourself to feel funny and awkward, knowing you'll come through it much more changed at the end.
0: So maybe what you're saying, Susan, I want Lip Talk Nation to understand is sometimes we look at a situation, you know, because we shut down when we see that there's too many actions to take. But when we take that courage, when we develop courage it is about taking only that first step, which then leads into that second tiny step. I love, love, love how you how you explain this, and you also encourage people to do this. How exciting! I'm I'm on the edge of my seat right here, Susan, as you're explaining this, especially with taking action and how people resist it. But once they do it, uh, have you seen people start succeeding when they take that step? Lip Talk Nation, it takes only one step to create momentum.
1: Yeah, in the book, a lot of it, I talk about the just doing something, getting started. I have a really good quote I was going to bring later, but I'll bring it back in now. Um, Actions are producing seeds. Have patience and let your efforts bloom. So you don't see the change, you know, little small action, little things. You don't see them, but they all add up and they grow and they build, and then pretty soon your whole entire life is changed because you faced one little fear. You didn't want to try the scary jelly bean, but you took the scary jelly bean anyway, and
0: oh, it's actually a good flavor, so it wasn't quite so bad. You're exactly right, Susan. It is about not seeing the change initially at first, but you will see the results, especially if you continue taking, like you said, continue taking the jelly bean. You will find great results. You will have a good flavor in your mouth. You will have a good experience when you do this. Oh, Susan, I am loving your outlook, your perspective. So what is your advice for removing limiting beliefs? Once again,
1: it's it's awareness. In my book, there are so many light bulb moments. There are just like, you know, oh, oh, aware. Okay. Even probably in this conversation today, there are so many, you know, things that you think, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it. But how many of them are going to stay in your brain and how many of them are you actually going to take an action on? And so it's very important to see the possibility, to see sort of the other options, Another story I talk about is, so let's say you live out in the middle of plains, in the middle of nowhere. And every day you go outside, you look around, everything looks the same. It's just flat land. There's nothing around. What are you going to do every day? It doesn't really matter because, you know, every day is the same. So then one day, let's say you get glasses, you know, life changes or whatever. She gets some glasses. She go outside and you look down on the horizon and there's a possibility that there's a mountain. And you've always wanted to play in snow and you've always wanted to, you know, build a snowman. Where do you think you're going to head that day? Just the fact that the possibility exists out on the horizon gives you a reason and a motivation to head in that direction you will take one step you'll take your nose out the next day you may not go that first day but the next day you'll go out you'll still see that mountain the possibility still exists and you'll slowly gradually move towards that possibility and so when I talk about awareness it's that being aware that there is something bigger and better and you know your dreams I talk a lot about the dreams finding that little teeny tiny spark and don't squash your dreams down to nothing so just allow that possibility of something new and different to exist
0: See the possibility and allow it, embrace it to exist. I love how you just pointed out to allow the possibility. Lip Talk Nation, some of you are sitting on your couch or you're folding laundry or you're doing dishes, cleaning the house or whatever, and I really want you to grab hold of this possibility. How many of you have seen the possibility and you're too scared to take it? Susan is is cheering you on right now. I'm cheering you on to take hold of that possibility because then you take action. That's that courage she talked about. You take courage, you take action on that possibility, but her key word is to be aware are you aware of your surroundings Lip Talk Nation so I really want to hit on this Susan what is the difference between an obstacle and a problem I want Lip Talk Nation to understand this
1: It's funny because I have have a family member, and every time she calls me up, we have a problem. Now, when she says I have a problem, I go into like panic emergency mode because, oh, my God, what's what's happened? Is somebody sick? Is somebody in the hospital? And it's almost like an adrenaline where, oh, my God, it's a problem, are not easily solved. And most of us see problems to where I even think as a little kid – you see an obstacle, something, you know, the dog needs to go to the vet or, you know, next week she needs a ride to the airport or something very minor. You know, okay, it's an, to me, an obstacle is something you sort of pick up and you move out of your way or you kind of go around it. Obstacles we can handle. Problems are just, you know, really, really, really difficult. They require panic and stress and, and a lot. And so I don't understand why so many adults – think in problems as opposed to an obstacle. Because, you know, if it's just little teeny tiny things, move it out of the way. Don't turn it into something that it's not. It doesn't have to become a big problem. We don't have to focus on all the problems. The first obstacle could be a baby step. Make a phone call. Read a book. Do a little more research. Start asking why. Take those little teeny tiny baby steps and remove one little obstacle
0: Susan, you make it sound so easy. When you put it this way, it's definitely huge for me right now. It's an obstacle. You can move it out of the way. Problems, you said, are not easily solved, especially as adults. But that obstacle... I'm researching this word obstacle personally, you know, are there any obstacles really in life? And you just move it out of the way. It's definitely perspective. So thank you so much for making that sound easy. Lip talk nation. All right. So it might not be easy, but she makes it sound simple. And that's sort of the power of the childlike thinking is children's thinking is very,
1: very simplified and easy. And we're as adults, we just complicate it with overthinking with possibilities that don't exist. And so that also represents that childlike thinking. As a child, everything was simple and easy. As an adult, we have just complicated it.
0: Silly us. All right, adults, I want you to really grab a hold, put your little childhood thinking cap on, and I want you to picture this with me. All right, Susan, can you explain why you chose a white hat for the cover of your book?
1: Yeah, so the book is about clarity and action. So you need your rose-colored glasses to see the things you need to see. Rose-colored glasses have kind of got a bad rap where they're all about blinders and restrictions and everything else. I see them as just clarity. You want to see there's good and there's bad. We, as adults, tend to focus on the bad. So put on your rose-colored glasses and be aware that both the good and the bad exist. So that's sort of, you have your awareness. And that's important. But the real power comes from the white hat. And the white hat is the symbol of the good guy hero, the actions, the things that you need to do, the courage that you need to have, you need to take those actions and really move them forward. And so you want to be a hero in your own life because it's all about you. It's not really about saving the world and doing awesome things. It's about you doing the right thing, doing what will move you forward, not worrying about everybody else, but putting on your white hat and doing what you need to do. It's
0: your hat. Susan, you just said something very valuable right here, and I want Lip Talk Nation to understand that specifically. It is your hat. So when you see the cover of Susan's book, she has this white hat, and that white hat she just said represents power comes from that. And then she talked about that courage, and that represents the courage to take actions. Susan, again, I I love what you're saying. I'm agreeing with you. I'm nodding my head yes over here. And I really want the listeners to grab hold because some of them, this is a new information for them. Some of them may be thinking this is too easy to do. Maybe some of them are thinking, why should I do this? And so Susan, you're doing a really good job explaining this to us, you know, giving us these scenarios. So here at Life in Purple. We are huge fans, and I'm going to get into a little personal question for you because I really want the listeners to know if you do positive affirmations. So my question is, do you do positive affirmations on a daily routine, or do you have maybe a particular routine that you must stick to?
1: And that's a really interesting question, and earlier we talked about that muscle memory. Because I have put a lot of thought and effort into this childlike thinking, and my brain it's a grown-up brain, but it does think like a child. And one of the things is I have learned to look for the positive and see sort of the good. So I'm, I'm grateful every day. But when you talk about the positive affirmations, I have learned that when I lay down to sleep at night, I am not thinking of the past. My thoughts are forward, positive, moving. I don't rehash what happened in the day. If something is bad or negative, I feel it and let it go. I try and let the negative emotions go completely and focus on the
0: possibility of what's to come. So what you're saying, Susan, is that once you start thinking about positive things, you become them. That's exactly what I want. Lip Talk Nation to understand. And so it's become habit for you. You don't even think about, you don't recall all the negative things that happen in the day. I know I have many listeners who do. They can't even fall asleep at night because they're thinking about everything that happened that day, not what they have to do tomorrow.
1: Right. Yeah. I've really trained my brain to really do that. It takes a long time. You can do it, but it just means you it, it's the awareness. So when you lay down at night, if all of your thoughts are about the negative, you need to stop that. And say, OK, let me think of one thing in the positive in the future in six months or from there. And the one other thing I'm going to talk about is affirmation is as adults, we visualize and we meditate and everything. And I, I always laugh because visualization and meditation are exact same word for imagination, And kids use imagination every day. They imagine a world that's awesome. Well, imagination and visualization. Visualization is just a grown-up word for imagination. And so, you know, we as adults, we visualize and we call it visualization, but really it is trying to connect
0: with the imagination that we had naturally as a child. Lip Talk Nation, did you hear the simplicity of that? visualize meditation equals to imagination, hence your passion for why you wrote your books. So I, I'm very excited that you simplified it for us because I'm a huge fan of taking a lot of information and then breaking it down for people to understand. So, oh my goodness, you've given us so much information to reflect on, Susan. I'm really thanking you right now and I'm sure Lip Talk Nation will be writing in and and sharing their thoughts as well. But I want to move on to what we call here at Life in Purple, a lightning round. And what this is, is I'm going to ask you a few questions and you just spit out the first thing that comes to your mind how about that are you ready yep all right if you could have a superpower what would it be i would freeze people freeze freeze like you know how, uh, the superheroes they
1: like just go and like the whole entire world freezes and they can wander yeah. around i just love that it's like so fun it's harmless nobody gets hurt you can kind of change things and you unfreeze it and everything goes back to normal you kind of step in make that little change that you want and then continue on so just to freeze awesome how do you like your coffee oh yeah coffee's horrible it tastes bitter somebody said my taste buds never grew up oh that's too adult for me oh that's awesome all right what's your most embarrassing moment uh I know you like to dance and sing but I did not get the rhythm gene at all that that is the dancing and singing is the one gene that I did not get
0: Okay, so you have a story and you don't want to share and that's okay. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, just, I can't do it. I, don't, I okay. don't feel it.
1: Everybody else is dancing and singing and I'm like going left when they're going right. And uh, it, it's, I don't know. I just don't feel it. I don't get it. It's awkward and uncomfortable and I haven't gotten past the resistance of it being. It doesn't feel
0: fun. It feels awkward
1: and uncomfortable. That's
0: totally awesome. And I love how you own it. All right. I already know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your favorite sport?
1: Oh, golf. Golf changed my life. I love golf.
0: Changed your life. All right, yeah, that's awesome. What is your favorite movie? Uh, probably
1: John Travolta living in John in Greece. Oh yeah, a, just a fun, easy, you know, movie. And even though I can't sing and dance. I still, you know, can admire the ones uh, that do
0: it. I love it. That's so good. I like. It's one of my favorites too. All right. So I ask everyone this. There's huge debates, and I say this every episode uh, that I interview with. And how does your toilet paper roll, Susan? Is it top or is it bottom? Oh, it's top, no question. Absolutely uh, top. All right. So far, top is winning. All right. This is super fantastic. Thank you so much, Susan. Okay. So as we move on to finish up and close the interview, do you have any final thoughts or advice for the listeners who are struggling to find their dreams, passion, and purpose? I mean, there's just so many things, but one of my favorite quotes,
1: there's a lot of quotes of a lot of really good quotes in my book and on my website. One of my favorite quotes that I wrote, and sometimes I go back and I look at it and think, did I really write that? And my favorite all-time quote that I wrote, it says, to improve your vision, close your eyes and focus. Wow. Will you say that one more time? To improve your vision, close your eyes and focus.
0: That's such a powerful phrase for us to reflect on, especially with you encouraging people to get back to their childlike thinking so that you can dream. It's not too late. I believe that it's not too late to find your dream and passion and your purpose. Thank you so much, Susan for letting us get to know you on a deeper level I know your story yes it's 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 very interesting and I'm very intrigued and I can't wait to get both books I'm very excited to read them so I know your story has been valuable to us and has been an inspiration to myself and Lip Talk Nation will you share with us where we can find out more about you and where to purchase your book A White Hat and Rose Colored Glasses yeah, both books are available
1: on Amazon. You can type in Susan Sherbert and they come up. Or um, I have a website and the website is called Fun, Happy, Enjoy. Three words, fun, happy, and enjoy.
0: Funhappyenjoy.com. It really has been an honor to have you on the show, Susan. Thank you for spending time with us at Life in Purple where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a friendly review. And for our Android users, send me a quick email to laura at We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.